serious. And uh, I'm so glad Rick's grandson, Peter's here, and uh, his dad's Noah, they're sitting there by Rick and, and Jessica. And it's so funny, I told Noah, right? I said, Noah, that little boy, because I knew Noah when he was that age, I was like, that's mm -hmm. Noah. Well, no, it's Peter. And then he's so well behaved, I said, oh yeah, that's not Noah. And that's not the Noah I do. We had a rule back in those days, that was 20, 30 years ago, that's a while ago. We had a rule back then. We were all a bunch of young parents at the whole, there was like rugrats everywhere. We had a rule, a lady taught me. She said, I said, what are you doing? She said, just don't look down, you're not responsible. And so you walk in the room, you never make eye contact with the children. We don't believe that. We love having kids and we love to be here. You know, last week was Pastor Appreciation and you guys, uh, we had a potluck. Shoot, uh, 80 of you guys probably ate with us and it was amazing. The week before that, we had a men's camp out and Jacob taught me how to fish. He likes to fish a lot more than I do. I'm just saying. He'll get up early, stay up late. I'm a fair weather fisherman and uh, it's just been a blessing, right? And uh, last week, uh, I talked about and it's sort of emotional. Um, and you guys, don't miss the healing service. God heals. I remember uh, my brother-in-law, Gary Patterson, uh, he was came to the first healing service we had 30 years ago. And we had never had one, so we looked it up. We Googled it. That was before Google. We just watched TV and tried to figure out, how do you have a healing service? We didn't know. And we had one, and Gary got healed that night. 30 years ago. It was amazing, and we, a bunch of people got set free from things, were healed, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, don't, for, don't miss this healing service. Invite your friends. If someone has emotional problems, spiritual problems, physical problems, relationship problems, uh, Jesus heals, and He heals it all. Uh, I was trying to t tell you last week, but today, Pastor Tim had been mentioning something to me uh, about dry bones, and, uh, and I believe that it's something we need to hear, and so I've asked Pastor Tim if he would share, and this is just a part, of really, of the revelation God's given him about Ezekiel 37, so Pastor Tim, you want to come on up and uh, go at it, and then I'm going to preach another hour when he's done, so you guys get ready. You know, uh, Ricardo said it right, Ricardo said, hey, Listen, he lets you have the mic first, so you can preach as long as you want, and then he's stuck. I'm like, amen. You know, um, Ezekiel 37 is big. Don't put the scripture up there yet, because I want to build something up to it before I get to that place. Um, you know, I, 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 sometimes I wonder, when I pray, it's unbelievable. I mean, sometimes when I pray for people, it's, they're totally transformed. I mean, it's amazing. I can lay hands on somebody, and I can, I can tell what God's wanting to say to them. I can tell where they've been. I can tell where their past was, what their, what their, what, what their journey looked like. I can, I can do it, and it's crazy. I don't know why. It just happens. But sometimes when I pray, nothing happens. I mean, I, I think I'm, uh, I've, I've practiced 
praying for raising the dead for a long time. I've, I've prayed for hundreds of people who died because I just kind of believed what the Bible said, hey, pray for the dead and they'll rise. And I'm like, well, shoot, it's not going to happen if you don't get the boldness to do it. So I've just been trying to do it for a long time. And, and I'll probably be just as scared as they are if it ever happens. Uh, I probably really won't even know what to do if it ever happens. I, I'll, I may end up dying if it happens, but, but I'm still going to give it a shot to see what happens. Um, but I prayed for a lot of people with sicknesses, nothing's happened. I prayed for a lot of people who are addicted, and nothing's happened. I've prayed for so many people, and, and I don't know about you, but do you ever wonder? I, so I wonder, it makes me wonder, why does sometimes when I pray it works, but sometimes when I pray it doesn't? Is it like, you know, rolling a wheel around and, and if I get lucky and I didn't sin or I didn't look at a girl that day or I didn't say a cuss word that day or what is it that makes that prayer good and what makes that prayer bad? You know, I, I've just for years, you know, I've prayed that Kay would be nice to me. I've prayed that, that she would be a good cook and she would, you know, she goes to Guatemala and I always tell them, like, you make a mess of this house. My goodness. So... When she goes to Guatemala, I'm like, I'm going to prove it. Well, she leaves to Guatemala, and the house is messier than what it was when she left. And then so I came to realize it was them grandkids that must be making the mess and not me. So, But I, I just wonder, do you, the, do you ever think, why, why does sometimes prayer work, and why does prayer not work? I mean, I mean, I've been in church for, you know, probably 20 years, 25 years, and, and, I've, and we've bound the devil every week. We tie him up, we bind him, we like, we bind Satan from this, and we bind Satan from that, but yet, whatever we're binding him with must not be very strong, because the next week we have to bind him again, because somehow he got loose throughout the week, and so we have to, every week, we, every church in Cabot and through the surrounding areas, bind him again. And so I'm like, wow, isn't it crazy? We do this same thing over and over and over, and I just wonder if there's a madness to what we do. Or this is even better, you know, when we put a hedge of protection around brother so-and-so. And so then I'm like, what is a hedge of protection? I'm like, oh, it's a bunch of bushes. I'm like, oh, I'm just praying a bunch of bushes around so brother so-and-so so the devil can't get him. No wonder we have to keep binding him. If we're only putting bushes around somebody, no wonder we have to keep binding him up every week. So I wonder, isn't it crazy that God put Satan on the same place that we lived. And I don't even think it was an accident. I don't think that he was like, I think he could have sent him to some other planet, you know, like Uranus or somewhere, like he would send him to the other of those places and not live him, let him live here. But isn't it crazy? He put him here. He allowed him here. And so I, I just, in my heart or in my place, I always wonder, what does it really look like to really pray? And what does it really look like to Connect with this God in heaven, and as I connect with this God in heaven, the very connection that happens comes out here. But it, it, we, you know, the old definition of crazy was that whole thing of keep doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting a different result. Well, I think the, the journey, the place that God's taken us to is Ezekiel 37. I think he, he says in Matthew, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if I want God's will to be done on earth, what do I have to do 
to get what is done up there down here. I have to be in relationship. I have to be talking to him. He, t- he talks to me, right? Jesus said, hey, listen, I only pray what my father says. I only do what my father says. I think a lot of times when we pray, we just praying to make you feel better. I'm just praying to sound good. And instead of stopping and going, listen, thy kingdom come, that means wherever heaven is at, thy will be done on this place the way you want it up there. So he's not some master manipulator who's moving people around like a chess pawn thing. No, what he's in, he's in relationship with his sons and in this relationship with his son, I have this connection with him and in this connection with him, I hear what he says and then I release what he says upon the earth today. And so for about the last month, Alan said it, the Lord said to me, he said, hey, listen, I want you to begin to read the Valley of the Dry Bones. And, and as I read this, uh, Pastor Alan, can you go ahead and put it up there? Okay. As I read this, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to read it. I want you to hear something. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Now you can open your eyes. Now, if I was, if I was doing that today, it would sound something like this. It would read, the Lord and I was talking We were just talking, maybe I was out mowing or maybe I was just out doing my job and and I'm talking to the Lord and when I was talking to the Lord, he brought me to a place inside of my life that had dry bones in it. He brought me into a place of my life that wasn't very fruitful. He brought me into a place of my life there wasn't peace and there wasn't joy and there wasn't happiness inside of my life. He brought me to a place, maybe I was at work, maybe I was at home, maybe I was in my neighborhood, but he brought me to a place that he needed to be there. And he said, Tim, can you see the dry bones? So you understand what happened to Ezekiel is the same thing that happened with Adam. God breathed into him and life came. And so then we move on down the road a little bit and he says the Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you, not Jesus, not me, but you breathe into those bones. And so now we move on down to the road where Tim's at and now it's not Adam, it's not Jesus, it's not Ezekiel, he says Tim. Breathe into those bones and bring life to those bones. But we keep waiting for somebody else to do that. We need somebody else to do that. We need Jesus to come back and be able to teach us how to do that again. When Jesus did his part, Jesus restored our relationship with the Father, and he's great and he's wonderful and he's all of that. But the truth about it, he did it so we could do it, not that he has to continue to do it because there's only one of him, but yet there's a hundred of you. So we now, our job is to connect with the Father. So when you come up to be prayed for, my job is to connect with the Father and tell you what the Father's saying. So if you've got diabetes and you just ate 14 ho-hos and two apple pies and you come up to get your diabetes healed, it probably is not going to happen. 
but, but we don't know what to do, so I want to be nice to you. So I say a great little prayer like, Jesus, come. Thank you so much. He loves you so much. I just pray for your diabetes and nothing happens. And there's no power in the church. And so we just keep doing the same thing over and over and over instead of him saying, Tim, look in your life. Look, look in your life. Look in your life and find the dry bones that are in your life. Don't look for the dry bones in somebody else's life. Look for the places in your life that I need to come to because if I can bring life into those places of your dry bones, when you speak to other dry bones, it'll bring life into them. But it's easier to look at somebody else. When really we have a responsibility you have a responsibility to being a Christian. The responsibility is to connect with the Father. And it's okay wherever you're at in your journey. If you're young and you haven't, and you're just learning or you're on this process, it's, all of us are on a journey or a process somewhere. But the truth about it is somewhere, somehow, some way, our job is to connect to the Father. Sometimes it's through movies. Sometimes it's through words. Sometimes it's through license plates. Sometimes it's through dreams. Sometimes it's through songs. However he speaks to you and he speaks to all of us, however it is we're supposed to connect to that, and then when I connect to that, I say, Father, what does it look like for Brother Johnny? And the Father speaks, and we let it go through that. And then Johnny, he loves me so much, he's like, hey, I think you missed this, or I think we're here, and we're in this relationship because it's a connection here and a connection here. Just because I think I heard the Lord doesn't mean I heard the Lord, right? I, I need to bring it both ways, right? I need to connect both of those things in that same way. So, so let me finish reading the rest of it. Ezekiel, he said, I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Listen to what he said. Dry bones, that dry place in Tim's life that everybody keeps pointing at and everybody keeps telling me I got this issue, it's a dry bone in my life. Dry bone, whatever that issue that I have inside of my life, I can say, dry bone, issue in your life, hear the word of the Lord because he wants to correct this place inside of my life. Right? He wants to do this. So, so dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And he said, and I will make breath enter into you, and you will come to life. So when I hear the Lord on a certain thing inside of my life, and I apply it to what God says, then it brings life into my bones. And as I continue to do that all through my life, I can begin to do it with everybody else's life. And we all do it, and it's this place that happens, and there's power that happens at the church. And then when the power happens at the church, then the people out there go, oh, my Lord, that's crazy. There's actually power in that church. And then those people out there go, oh, my God, I've got all these dry bones. I need all these dry bones fixed in my life so they come into the church. And I don't have to knock on the door and tell them they're going to hell because they, they smoked a cigarette or they drank a beer or whatever other bull that I think that's doing it. I can allow his power because Jesus said, unless I build the church, the church is in vain, I can allow his power to bring me into this place. But it's a lot easier if we just ask Jesus to come and do it again. Come and do it again, Jesus. Jesus said, hey, I already did my part, now it's your part. 
He said, I gave, when Jesus left, he said, all power in heaven and earth has been given to me, and now I give it to you. Who's you? Who's you? Come on, that means us. That means us. So there's only one reason that there's not power in the church. If there's not power in the church, it's us. It's not them. It's not the world. It's not the world's gone crazy, the Democrats, the Republicans. It ain't got any to do with any of that. It has everything to do with his people are not hearing his word. Or we haven't learned to do it yet, or we're in the process of doing it. But the key thing about it is we got to get on this boat to begin to say, okay, Lord, I want to walk this out. Now, that's a picture of your kingdom come and your, your will be done on the earth. Ezekiel's talking to the Lord, and the Lord's talking to Ezekiel, and he's showing him where the dry bones are, and he begins to prophesy the life of the Lord inside of there, right? And he begins to hear me pray. Our relationship with the Lord is critical. It's absolutely critical. It's, it's the reason Jesus died. Jesus died on the cross to restore your relationship back with your father. And we, and I'm, I say me, I won't even say you. Me, I treat Jesus like Jesus Santa. And I give him my little, I give him my wish list. Father, I pray that you do these things and you do that. But I haven't really asked the Lord what his will for my wife's life is. Maybe his will has nothing to do with her cooking better. Maybe her, his will has nothing to do with her cleaning the house better. Or maybe his will has nothing about her being nicer to me. But I think that is part of it. But maybe his will has nothing to do with all those prayers that I keep praying. Maybe his will is, when I say, Lord, what's your will for my wife? And he says, man, my will is she becomes everything that I created her to be. I'm like, oh, shoot, I, I thought, man, huh? Maybe those things would be good too. We're, it's not a Santa Claus. It's not, it's not I get to make my wish in heaven. It's not, hey, come and make a wish at church on Sunday. It's I, I need to connect with the Father, and in connecting with the Father, then I can speak to those dry bones in my life. And if our dry bones are taken care of, then their dry bones will get taken care of. But we're not going to go fix them without fixing us. And so the season I believe that we're in, the whole reason that God's given us Ezekiel 37 is he's wanting us in relationship with him. What, and it looks a thousand different ways. Some of you, it's through reading the Bible. Some of you, it's while you're talking to him at work. Some of you, while you're watching movies. Some of you, while you're watching license plates. I mean, I've seen God speak so many different ways and so many crazy ways, but I don't care how the way you connect with the fa Father, connect with the Father. Connect with him. Ask him. Say, okay, Lord, I, I, wanted, I want this because I'm responsible not Jesus. Jesus did his job. And you know what? Jesus isn't the healing, even though he was the healing. You know who the healing is now? Me. Me, right? Because he gave me all that now. He gave, so, so you know where peace is at now? Me. You know where joy comes out? Me. Where, where all happiness comes out? Me. Where love comes out now? Me. 
but I'm still waiting. I call upon the name of Jesus to do that over everybody. I just call on the name of Jesus to put peace out on everybody. Now, he did his job. That's our job. And so when, when this Ezekiel 37, he's like, whatever your name is, you can put your name on there. And that's him. So he, he breathed life into Adam and Eve. He breathed life into them. His breath mattered. You know, if I took, if I took your son and I took his DNA, it would match your DNA. Right? Exactly. There's no way you could get away from it. So God, your father, breathed into Adam and Eve and brought life. Ezekiel, which came from your father, breathed life into dry bones and it has life. Present day, put your name on this and say, when you breathe into dead bones or dry bones, not the dry bones that you think are dry bones, not the dry bones that you like or what you want to do, but the dry bones that he says, then it'll bring life. Amen. Come on, Pastor Allen. That was about one-tenth of what he has on Ezekiel 37. You may want to be reading it and studying it a little bit on your own because it's big. Now, um, that's a big thought. It's a huge thought. It's uh, hundreds of hours of thought and time with the Lord. I want to talk a little bit about how that looks for us. And I, I, want, to, I want to look at a scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, right? And this is a great verse. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Wow. How many blessings? Every spiritual blessing in Christ. And Jesus is the, the beginning, the end, the center, the Everything. He's the logic and the thinking of God. Jesus is the perfect expression of God on earth today. And he says this, Paul said, for he chose us. And I, I just, I like, he chose you and me. That's what Tim's talking about. He's already blessed us because when you read this, you read it in, in Greek, in the original language and in English, it's already happened. When did God bless us with every spiritual blessing in Christ? You know, it's like, that's why Jesus told that parable about the treasure. He said there was a farmer who found treasure in a field and he went and sold everything he had and he bought that field because of how valuable the treasure was in the field. And it's like, that's who you are. Do you know that there's a treasure inside of you that was more valuable than anything ever created or ever thought? So valuable that Jesus came to earth and He bought this field. He bought you and He bought me. And, and you know what's interesting? He chose us before the world was created, right? He chose us before anything ever happened. He chose us before we chose Him. Before we were born on earth, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit chose each one of us individually. And He chose us and He uh, put every spiritual blessing in Christ inside of you. And so how do we begin this journey of, of, of dealing with the dead bones? 
Because Tim's right. We've talked about it. Tim used to say, he said a, a thing that would actually make you, make you hurt emotionally. He would, he would talk about when he, he, he had, you know what happens to you as you live? People take bites out of your heart. And it hurts. And they take more bites. And they take more bites. And they slap you down. And they push you down. And, and then you know what? A lot of you guys are so gifted, you can take bites out of your own heart. You can judge yourself in ways that I would never dream of judging you. And you see how lousy you are and how poor and weak and stupid and ungifted and unrecognized and unloved and unworthy. And there's this economy in the world that we live in that's not God's economy. Our economy says, look at the facts, look at your life, and you aren't blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You, you're just barely holding it together. See, that's the world's thoughts. And you and I, are, we're, we have this beautiful challenge. That's why God called this the good news, right? I've got really good news for you. Every spiritual in, blessing in Christ is inside of you now. Not because of what you did, but because of what He did and His decision, His thoughts, His heart. He loved you before anything ever was made. And we're like, God, what? But God, have you seen me? Did you see me last night? Did you see me yesterday? And so it's really, when you look at that, the first thing you have to do, like Tim said, was before you can bring dead bones to life, I have a passion for young people and children. I have a passion for broken people and addicted people and depressed people. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I wish I didn't care so much, you know? Because there's so many hurting people in our world that just can't get over the hump, that just had brokenness in their life and and you talk about get the the world takes bites out of your heart and it, you become hopeless and you give up and you start seeing yourself by the world's definitions of you and there's another way to live guys jesus came he chose us in him before anything and in his we were blameless in his sight well I mean, I'll do this to you. If we were talking one-on-one, -on -one, I'd probably do something like this. Like when you judge yourself, uh, I'd make fun of you because Jesus says you're blameless. Since when did you get smarter than him? Oh, you're more discerning than him. Oh, you can judge better than Jesus judges. What does Jesus say? You might want to read your Bible. Jesus said, he chose us in Him, and we're blameless in His sight. You know who's the accuser and who accuses you besides yourself and maybe your spouse or maybe the government or maybe somebody else? I don't know. The world accuses us all the time. You know who the accuser is in Revelation? It says the, the devil is the accuser of the brethren. When Adam and Eve ate from that tree of judgment... When they thought they should judge themselves was how you get right with God. When they ate from that tree, the first thing God said was, Who told you that? Who told you you were naked? And they well, the devil did. You see, there's, there's a different way to live, guys. And Jesus wants to wake up your dead bones. The first thing that has to happen is it's really true. When you read that verse, uh, those dead bones were dead. They had been hurt. They had the life sucked out of them. They were dry. It takes years to create dead bones like that. And you know, if you look around in your own heart and around the world, you see a lot of dead bones. But you know what? Jesus said, come alive.
See, the first place you've got to call, call, you've got to prophesy over is the bones inside of your heart. Because a lot of, we all have dead bones. And the thing is, do we agree with Jesus or do we agree with the enemy? And it, we have to, uh, and it was in love. He loved you. You, Jesus is God's statement of how much he loves us. Jesus was God's proof of who we really are. When Jesus came to earth, he was born of a woman. He was a man of the flesh. And he came to earth and he entered into our hell. He entered into our damage. He entered into our graves. He entered into every dead part in my heart and in your heart. And he entered into that place so that he could bring us alive. You see, he's been everywhere we've been. He went to the very deepest, deepest, deepest part of hell you can go to. And the devil said, you'll never get out of here. You see, the devil's telling you the same thing. The devil tells me the same thing. Well, Alan, you, you'll never make this. You'll never reach that. You'll never accomplish that. You're you, 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 and it's all you. And those yous are coming from the darkness, not from the light. The light says, you are my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I predestined you. I've given you every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, and it's a done deal. Thus saith the Lord. Or do you think you're smarter than the Lord? That's how I make fun of people. <laughs> Like, nobody thinks they're smarter than the Lord. Then, you know how you command your dead bones to be alive? You begin to hear what the Lord says about you. And you choose to believe what He says, not what you think. And not what anybody else thinks. And He says this, And in love, because He loved us, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with, you know what pleases God? You do. That was his dream before the worlds were created was you. Your eyes, your ears, your voice, your abilities, your inabilities. Your, you were the apple and the dream of his heart. Like Patrick said, it's like really true. And it's what makes him happy. It's what does it. Now, so you know the battle? This is really, uh, so I, here's the deal. God's already made up his mind about you. Well, wait, judgment's still out. Oh, no, 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 no. Read, go back, go. Maybe y'all didn't read that. He's already decided about you. God's already done that. He loves you. He's given you every gift. And you know, the trouble is those treasures deep inside of us, you know, a treasure before you find it isn't, doesn't do anything for you. It's there. The treasure was in that field until the day the farmer found it. And you see, Jesus is God's declaration that he's made up his mind about us. You know why? Because when you look at Jesus, you're looking in a mirror. Because you're his, you're, you were adopted into his family. We're a part of his family. Jesus, remember, Jesus was born fully man. He was born of the flesh. Now, you know what? It's interesting. Nobody on earth, no, no evangelical Christians would argue with that fact. Jesus was born a fully man. But he was also fully God. Yes. 
but he was fully man. His flesh was a perfect suit that God could put on and wear in the world today. And so when Jesus was wearing, the, when he was on earth, like what Pastor Tim said, when Jesus was on earth, God's anointing flowed through him without measure. He was able to bring life. He was able to change the history of the world with his 33 years on earth. And that happened because Jesus gave himself fully to God. That Jesus was that man. Now, when you read Ephesians 3, he says, Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, in the first verse 3 there, the first verse we read. But in the last verse, in the end of that verse, he said, We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You see, what made Jesus special was Christ is the same word as anointing. God's anointing in Jesus' flesh brought life to the dry bones that we are. And the same way God's anointing lived inside of Jesus is what we were given flesh for. You're, you were created with a destiny and a purpose, and that's to release God's anointing, His grace. You could call it grace, right? When you pray for the sick and they're healed, when you serve and people feel loved, when you bring order into chaos, that's God's power working through you the exact same way it worked through Jesus. You know why? Because of what Jesus did. He didn't become, He wasn't something we're supposed to become a cheap imitation of Jesus. We were supposed to, we are created to live the same way Jesus lived. He was the light of the world and we are the light of the world. He was the body of, of the anointed one. He was Jesus we're the body of Christ on earth today. And you know what makes us special? You have flesh, and you can let God move through your flesh to bring life into the world. And you see, there's a treasure inside of you. And we spend our life searching the scriptures and spending time with God and in discipleship beneath each other. I mean, we're gonna we have healing prayer teams all the time, so we can say for the ten thousandth time. Jesus, God, can heal people through you. And we keep having to say it over and over and over again. Well, not only heal physically, God sets captives free. He brings order to chaos. He brings order and, and dominion into our world in a thousand different ways through your flesh when you give yourself to Him. And it's all already done. And so He predestined us to be adopted and to become who Jesus is. You see, God's dream is that you and I would become fully mature sons of God the same as Jesus. We aren't imitating Him. That's not what it is. We're living the same way He lived. He lived by faith. And as that happened, God was able to move more and more in His life. So, mature sons of God in Christ. The anointing that was in Jesus is the same anointing that's inside of you. And it's what makes Jesus, the full human, Jesus Christ, Messiah and Lord, was that anointing. You see, it's not, God's anointing is what brings dead bones to life. You know, it's not your willpower. It's not your great faith. It's God's anointing. It's nothing we do to earn it. 
You see, this all happened when we were still all dead. Everything comes from and is centered around Jesus Christ. And something has to happen. And that's so here's what Jesus said. He, he said this, John 14, 16. I'll ask the Father, you know, that God Jesus knew really well, and He'll give you another advocate. He will give you a helper and to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. And the world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. For He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Now Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross and leave this place. His physical body was getting ready to leave. He said, before the long, the world will not see me anymore, but you'll see me because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you'll realize I'm in the Father, you're in me, and I'm in you. And that's Jesus, His death and burial and resurrection made this become true for us. So you know who lives in you? Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father. You're in Him and He's in you. And that's a, that's a revelation that changes our world. Is God in you? Jesus in you? Yes. But you know what the treasure is? Until you discover it, the treasure doesn't have any value. You know, there could be a $100,000 buried in your yard and it has no effect on your life as long as you don't know it's there. But you know what happens when you know it's there? You begin to believe in what God says about you. That treasure gets released. And it's about you believing. It's, uh, it's funny. I, I search for words. Jesus' life source was intimacy with his dad. He said that in verse 16. I'll ask my father. You see, Jesus lived with this constant awareness and communication with his father. That was his life source was intimacy. You know what your life source is? Uh, know how much I know. Uh-uh. How experienced I am. Nope. My age. Nope. My title. Nope. Money. No. Power. No. You know what your life source is? Intimacy with the Father. Because you're going to live on earth the same way Jesus lived. His life source was his intimacy with his dad. You see, and it's not by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not by, uh, we live in a barter society. Jesus doesn't live there. He lives in a father-son society. He lives by grace, not by earning it, not because he deserved it. It's by grace. And we live that same way. Our knowing, our, our understanding, our faith in believing what the Lord says about us is true releases his power in your life. Now, there's an argument going on in your head. Because you know who you are, you know what you've done, you know what you're lacking, what you're whatever, you know a thousand things. But has God revealed to you that His word's true? That what He says is true? If He says that you are good, do you believe you're good? You see, that's the battle. 
The treasure is knowing or believing by faith, grabbing. You know, it uses this word in here, lambano, which means I'm grabbing this truth and I'm holding it tight. Do you read the Bible looking for who you are? Or do you read the Bible trying to condemn yourself? See, you can do it both ways. Jesus says, this is who you are. He said, I'm not going to leave you. The, the world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know why God calls us to, to speak, bring, speak life into dead bones? Because the world can't do that. You know what you can do? You can hear from the Spirit, you can read Scripture, and you can see who people really are, and you can bring life into that. Instead of saying, you're bad and you're no good and you're no good, you hear from the Lord and you speak the truth into them. Gosh, I, I believe you're kind. I believe you were created for, for, for serving. I believe that you were created to bring order into chaos. I believe you were created to care for children. I believe you were created to protect people. I believe you were created to bless people. That's who you are. You see, you can speak life into people because you know what the truth is? Everything you say is true because the treasure's already there because of what Jesus did. And so it's a different way to live. It's like, are you going to live by what you see? Or are you going to live by what He says? And the more time you spend with Him, the more you'll see Him. And He said, I'll come, before, I'll come to you before long. The world won't see me anymore, but you'll see me. Because I live, you also live. You know, when you live, the world can't see what we see inside of people. They can't see it. And the more time you spend with Him, the more intimacy, the more you grow in believing and trusting Him and what He says about you and about other people, the more you can, open, you can help them to see. And Jesus said, you'll see. You're not going to see me anymore, but because I live, you'll live. So today, it's like, what are we going to do? I believe God has created us to call, speak life into dry bones. The first place it has to happen is in your heart. You have to see the places in your heart, and you can't do that without Him. In 1 John 5, John said that, We know also the Son of God's come because He's given us understanding. You know who gives you understanding about who you are? Not the world, not anything negative in the world. Let the Lord tell you who you are. And as he begins to speak that, you'll begin to believe it. And when you believe it about you, you can believe it about your neighbor. And all the people who can't say it. <clears throat> Jesus is everything. And when Jesus says it, it's true. So guys, I just, want to, I just want to encourage you to go on this journey. I want to believe more in what I hear the Spirit saying about me than what I believe about me. I want to believe more in what I hear the Spirit saying about you than you believe about you. And you know what that's, that's called? Faith. And it releases the power of God, which is grace. You aren't limited to your past anymore. Your life is not determined by the facts anymore. It's determined by one fact. 
It was all Jesus. You know, I, I never get along very far away from Colossians 1.27, right? And I would, I would shout it. I'll butt heads with you. I'll argue with you all day long. And I'll quote Scripture to you because the Scripture has no other way to see you besides what Jesus says. The Bible says in Colossians 1.27, God's chosen. This ain't my choice. This isn't our style. It's not you. God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, which is everyone in the world that wasn't part of the Jewish nation, the glorious riches of this mystery. <clears throat> the greatest mystery the world's ever known. The greatest treasure is the anointing of Christ. That's what Christ stands for. It's anointing. The anointing of Christ in you is the hope of glory. That's a mystery that's going to change the world. So this morning, I believe that we can do that. I believe that you can do it. I can do it. Everyone in this room can do it. Today, make it a day. God, I'm going to start speaking life. I'm going to start speaking life to me. And I'm going to start speaking life to my neighborhood, my, whoever I am, whatever I'm at. God, who, are, who am I? Really, God. And when you look at Scripture, you'll see who you are. And it's amazing. Let's all stand up, okay? Would you all be willing to do that? So I think something powerful can happen. We have... Uh, some prophetic teams up here who want to prophesy to you. They want to prophesy to your dead bones. That, mean, that just means the parts where you judge yourself. The parts where you've been hurt. The parts where you've been wounded. Parts where the enemy has just taken a bite out of your heart. Jesus wants to speak to that today. So I believe this morning... And uh, these guys up here, and there's more people in this room that would l like to pray with you. That uh, Let's start seeing dead bones come to life. Let's begin in this place. And let's go farther. So let's pray. So Father, God, God like, uh, like Ezekiel said, only you know. Only you know, God. But God, would you speak to each one of us this morning if there's parts, dead bones in us that we just can't seem to get past? Is there something you believe about yourself that you just can't get past it? Only, only God, only His anointing, it'll take a miracle for you. Well, this morning, there's miracles waiting for you. So Jesus, I just ask you to give us courage and boldness. So this morning, if you're here and, and you, you know there's something that you're just not able to get past, there's something in your life that's just 
you can't get around that thing. Um, I just want to invite you to come forward and uh, let these guys pray for you. Also, we're a prophetic people. I believe that there's people here. If you're here this morning and uh, you hear something, you feel something in your heart for one of us, uh, don't hold back. We need to hear from you. You need to hear from each other. So uh, this morning, I'm just going to pray that too. So God, Father, would you just, uh, if there's someone here that you're wanting us to speak to, us to say something to, God, would you just reveal that to us right now? So if you got something, you're here, uh, share it with whoever you're thinking about. Uh, if you would like somebody to pray with you this morning about this dead bone thing, uh, we, would, we have two teams up here who'd love to pray with you, okay? So thank you guys for being here today. Thank you for loving Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys.